Welcome to the Confident Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly D. Parker, speaker, consultant, and self-proclaimed introvert who stumbled upon the cheat code to captivate audiences and command any room. Each week on this show, I'll share tips and tools to inspire you to communicate with power, charisma, and awaken your most confident self. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to episode 13 of the Confident Speaker Podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with me today. We are going to talk all about what your audience wishes you knew. But first, I want to give a shout out to all the participants in my 30 day Instagram live challenge. You might remember a few um, episodes ago, I was telling you how much I can't stand going live on Instagram live, but I'm taking the bull by the horns and I just started a challenge for 30 days just with other ladies that want to do the same thing. They know they need to go live. They know they need to kind of get over their fear. So I figure let's just all do it together. And when I tell you it has been amazing and it has been so powerful and so encouraging to see all of these beautiful powerhouse women that have been holding in all this knowledge and insight now being empowered to share it and even for myself I'm like uh, you know what can't we do when we put our mind to it what can't we do when we take the limits off what can't we do when we stop looking at things in a way of what I'm not going to do but we turn it around and look at it like okay well what can I do with that can I overcome being uncomfortable can I overcome being afraid can I step in anyway even though I'm still nervous And we've been doing it and I just love it. So love you guys. Definitely had to shout you out. I have sat through my fair share of presentations and I've also given my fair share of presentations and I've gotten feedback on my fair share of presentations. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good position to speak on behalf of the people to let all of you know when you're speaking what the people listening wish that you knew. So let's get into it. Number one, audiences wish you knew the following. I get distracted easily. Do you remember a few episodes ago we were talking about engaging virtual audiences? And one of the things that we pointed out was that a virtual audience gets distracted easily. They're getting up to get water. They are surfing the Internet. They're doing all sorts of things. Their brain is constantly multitasking. Some of that is true in the in-person setting as well, for sure. And so as a speaker, you want to give some thought to how you're going to switch things up and keep people's attention throughout the time that you're talking. Number two, audiences wish you knew if what you're saying isn't relevant to me, I'll check out. I'll be honest with you, I'm actually really surprised at the amount of presentations that I see that do not even seem to consider the audience. And I don't think it's always purposeful, but I notice sometimes presenters, it almost seems like they want to boost their ego and maybe talk about all their accomplishments and things of, of that nature. And some of that is fine. But at the end of the day, the audience is listening for what about this is important to me or that I can take away. The other thing that I see a lot is well-meaning presenters focusing the content on 
trying to prove themselves. What I mean by that is trying to prove that they've done their homework. So perhaps they're given a lot of background information about a particular thing. And it just comes from a place of really wanting everybody to know, you know, I've taken time, I've studied, I know what I'm talking about. However, what your audience is listening to is what's here that can serve me. So it's that subtle shift of showing that I know my stuff versus I'm here to serve my audience. Number three. Audiences wish that you knew I can't process information as fast as you think I can. So this is what you have to imagine. Anytime that you're speaking or you're sharing something that you have prepared, kind of you have lived this material. You've probably gone over it over and over either out loud or in your brain and you are super crystal clear on where you're going with what you're talking about. For the rest of us, this is our first time encountering this information. So it's going to take us a little bit more time to track with you. So since people can't process as fast as you think they can, it's always a good idea to slow down and pause from time to time. Because actually the people listening to you, their brain needs a few seconds to catch up. Number four, your audience wishes that you knew it doesn't bother me if you don't enunciate every word just right. It's interesting because I was listening to one of my favorite pastors and I noticed he's not pronouncing every single word just right. Like everything isn't totally perfect. And that actually is not taking anything away from the message. It's not even something that somebody would notice right away. It was just that I was listening really, really closely. So I think that we can be encouraged knowing that you might have a slip up here and there in terms of wording or how you're pronouncing something. And it's OK. That does not negate the overriding message or the overriding um, ideas that you're trying to get across. At the end of the day, what's going to be most engaging is the type of speech or talking that mimics a regular conversation. And that's what regular conversation is, right? There's slip ups. Everything's not just so. And that's okay. Going right along with that is number five. Your audience wants you to know I'm much more forgiving of mistakes than you think I am. When we're speaking or trying to share information and something doesn't go just the way we wanted it to go, we have a tendency to freak out, right? We're like, oh, this is not how I planned this. I can't believe I skipped that line in my notes. I can't believe I can't open the file. I can't believe that I'm a human being and stuff happens. I can't believe it. Believe it or not, most people are much more tolerant of that than you think they are. But the key to getting through the moment is not making a bigger deal about it than it is. Because a lot of the time, nobody would even know because they don't know how you wanted it to go. They didn't know about that sentence that you left out. They didn't know you had a little section that you wanted to go into and now it's gone. They don't know that. And so part of the skill of accepting that you're a human being and things happen is just to move on or not to call attention to something that's natural and fine and okay. Number six, and this might be a hard pill to swallow, but I'm going to put it out here anyway. Your audience wants you to know this. I don't like it 
when you read to me? Have you ever been in a presentation where someone is reading their PowerPoint slides word for word or they have notes in front of them and they are reading the whole entire notes to you? Probably wasn't the most engaging moment that you've ever had, right? And of course, we know why we do it. We want to do a good job. We want to be thorough. We want to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. But here's what I want you to think about. That is about you. That is about you feeling like you're doing a good job and et cetera, et cetera. But to truly engage the audience and get them to really input the information the way that we want them to, you're going to want to strive to be much more conversational. Here's number seven. Audiences wish that you knew. I need more than logic. So sometimes we have all of our data laid out perfectly. We have the process that we're teaching laid out perfectly or whatever we want to convey. We have all of that bulleted out impeccably. But we forget that human beings are first emotional and then logical. So it's going to take more than logic to really draw in the audience and get them into what you got to say. That's where storytelling comes into play. And that's why I'm a big advocate for whatever kind of speaking that you're doing. You need to learn how to tell a good story like the back of your hand. Number eight, here's what audiences wish that you knew. I'll never be more engaged than you appear to be. So your audience is going to take their cues from you in terms of how into the information to be. So if you don't appear to be interested or it doesn't appear from your demeanor that this is something that they should be excited about or really pay attention to, they're probably not going to. It's kind of like follow the leader. And whenever we're speaking, we own the room. And so we set the tone in all sorts of ways. And so your audience members will never be able to surpass your level of engagement. Number nine, you can't read my mind. This is a tough one. Back when outside was open and, you know, we could see people in person and talk to people in person. I really struggle with this and sometimes I still do because you get the person who looks so angry like you're up there talking and they look like they just want to punch you or you get the person that just looks like they're so bored and you're like man oh man I'm messing up so bad one time I gave this talk And I already felt weird about the information that I had. Like I felt like it was boring. I was just really unsure about the whole thing. And so I get up there and I'm talking and the room is so quiet. Like you you could hear a pin drop. And I was like, man. And then when I would try to like make eye contact with people, they would look away. I was like, oh no. I was like, man, I'm messing up. I am messing up so bad. Like everyone looks like they're bored out of their minds. So I finally finish. And then people were coming up to me afterward. They were like, that was really thought provoking. That was so good. I was really thinking about this and that and the other while you were talking. So I realized I took what I was seeing as their body language. And I assumed that I knew what it meant. 
but we don't always know what it means because we can't read people's minds, right? And here's the other thing. We don't know what else is going on in people's lives. So I don't know about you, but anytime I speak somewhere, there is always one who is asleep. I don't care if everybody else is cracking up and having a ball. There's always that one person who is falling asleep or just totally um, not engaged. But what I realize is sometimes it's because maybe you worked a night shift or for some of us, after you get to a certain age or whatever, I know it can happen to me sometimes too. You sit down, you get comfortable, you just might nod off. You know, it's just, it doesn't always have to do with you. You don't always know that person's situation and you also don't know what else is going on in their mind. So since you don't know, choose to think the best because what you don't want to do is be talking and then you get in your head like I did because I'm up there talking. But as I'm talking, I'm telling myself you're doing terrible. You're doing terrible. You're messing up. You invited all these people here and you're messing up and you don't want that to happen because what you are thinking is going to affect your behavior and your body language and how you come across. So since we don't know what people are thinking, look, you do your best and you you think the best, think the best of them. Alrighty, here's number 10. What does your audience wish that you knew? That I'm actually cheering you on. And I know you're like, you're making stuff up and that's not true. Because the audience is judging me. They are waiting to see if I'm going to do a good job and they're waiting to critique me. Well, that's one way of looking at it, but I don't know that that's totally true. And here's why. If you've ever been in a situation where you were sitting in someone else's presentation and maybe they were really struggling, how did you feel? You probably felt uncomfortable. Nobody wants to watch somebody struggle and flail and sit there and watch because it's uncomfortable for everybody so if you're not doing well they're not comfortable either so from a standpoint of quote-unquote performance they want you to do as well as possible because they don't want to feel uncomfortable either so I'd invite you to just switch around your perspective if you're someone who feels like man every time I open my mouth I feel like somebody's judging me and they're waiting for me to fail why not take that same energy and say you know what everybody here is cheering me on why not why not try it so imagine that you go away for the weekend to a spa or something and as soon as you get there, there is a whole staff waiting on you hand and foot. As soon as you get there, they take your bags, they escort you to your room. And the whole time that you were on the property, you don't lift a finger. They anticipate every need. It's almost like they they know you. It's almost like they've studied you. They know you by name. It seems that they know your likes, your dislikes, and they are able to anticipate what it would look like to serve you at the highest level. How would you feel about this establishment? How would you feel about these individuals serving you? Well, that's the same approach that we want to take when we speak. So when you show up to serve whoever you're talking to at the highest level, just know that they are going to appreciate you for that. Know that if you're showing up to serve, you don't have to worry about some of this other stuff we get caught up in. Whoa, did I say all the words right? Did I? 
Did I do this? Did I do that? Listen, at the end of the day, the audience is much more concerned about in your content and in your delivery. Are you serving them? And if you're doing that, you will easily win them over. I believe the things that we think will impress the audience probably won't. For example, I could get up in front of the crowd and name all my accomplishments and my degrees and all the things. And there's nothing wrong with that because that helps to establish credibility, especially depending on what crowd you're talking to. But if I get up in front of the crowd and I tell you about, you know, last year when I really messed up and I was down on my luck or, you know, whatever the situation was, that might not serve my ego, but it definitely serves the audience. Because pretty much everybody can relate to messing up, having a difficult time, and then having to regroup and learn lessons from it. So it's that shift from thinking about me and how I'm going to be perceived to serving my audience at the highest level, to pulling out the red carpet. At the end of the day, audiences want to be served. They want to be catered to. And if you do that, they can't help but be drawn in to everything that you have to say. I believe one of the key techniques that anyone who speaks to people about anything needs to master is storytelling because stories help to draw the audience in. They help to serve the audience by illustrating information that's relevant to them in an impactful way. And it helps to create that emotional connection like nothing else. So I'm opening up my Storytellers Masterclass. And if you are looking to learn how to communicate in a clear, concise, compelling, and captivating way, this course is for you. What you'll learn to do is effortlessly tell a story that expresses yourself the way that you really want. And also will engage whatever audience that you're talking to, whether it's small or large. We'll get rid of fear and help you speak with confidence like never before. So if that's something that you know is right up your alley, go ahead and send me an email. Info at kellydparker.com and let me know you want more information about Storytellers Masterclass. Well, you know what? I've enjoyed talking with you guys today and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Confident Speaker Podcast. If you found this content valuable, make sure you subscribe and leave a review to help others join the Confident Speaker family. Thanks again and see you next time.